Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Thinking Project Podcast, where we interview founders and creatives to help you take the next step in your business by listening to inspired stories of these wonderful founders. I hope you enjoy this podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. How are you, Carly? Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It's been a long time trying to get this one scheduled out. <laughs> yes, it has. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, happy happy uh, you're here with uh, Stress Less company, the stress less company, right? So um, I have lots of questions because stress is like one of those crazy topics that I felt like until today, until like I, you know, did a little research on you that just felt like really ambiguous. It was like kind of stay away from stress and all this good stuff, but would love to hear like more about your company and how you got that all started. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So again, I own the stress less company and basically what I do and what my role is, is, is to support those who've experienced specifically those who've experienced devastating loss, um, loss ranging from the death of a loved one to, um, to divorce, to breakups, to, uh, injury. I loss ranging quite a bit. So we help those who've experienced devastating loss manage day-to-day stress in a way that creates satisfying results. So things like improved sleep, easeful ability to say no to unwanted obligations, set those boundaries, increased income, and more. And so every single one of my clients and those that I work with, we actually work through this unique methodology called the stress-less method. And the stress-less method is my five-step signature system that supports those who have experienced devastating loss in first navigating their nervous system and um, calming that nervous system so that they can move through day-to-day stress in a way that is um, supportive and not hindering. Oh, that's really cool. So um, yeah, sorry, I had a cough there for a second, but um, (laughs) yeah, that's interesting. Uh, So you said it's kind of sounds like you know, people who go through these devastating moments, they end up, they, you do, do they have a lot of like issues with boundaries? Is that what I'm understanding? Like they have a lot of issues with boundaries. They have a lot, maybe a hard time saying no. I know that's a really tough one, right? Like you just don't have yeah. the bandwidth to say no. So you just say, yeah. you know, you just say yes or whatever. <laughs> well, it depends, right? So like the thing that I would say about those who've experienced devastating loss is that usually, uh, so each and every one of us have a nervous system. So let me go into explainer mode for context. So we, we, ha- we all have this nervous system and there's two parts. There's the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. Basically, that's just a fancy way to say fight, flight, freeze, or faint and rest and digest. Rest and digest is the part that heals the damage done by the adrenaline, the cortisol that's released in fight, flight, freeze, or faint. So our nervous system is basically an alarm system, if you will. So if you have a home alarm, right, the door opens, so the alarm's triggered. The window opens, the alarm's triggered. Motion is censored, the alarm's triggered, right? And so our nervous system sort of functions in the same way. It really scans and we really scan our environment for those triggers. And so before we experience devastating loss, perhaps our only trigger is the front door of the home being opened right? Mm. But after we experience that loss and that trauma, if you will, what happens is, is we become hyper vigilant. We become hyper aware and our nervous system becomes much more sensitive. And so what before felt like, let's say 
uh, hundred emails in your inbox and you're like, oh, this is so much, but I'll get to it tomorrow. All of a sudden, a hundred emails be- feels debilitating and mm-hmm. it feels like you're being crushed by the weight of day-to-day stress. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It, it, yeah, another thing that you're kind of, it sounds like you're describing is like anxiety. Mm. Well, you know, what's interesting is that the, the way that I would differentiate between stresses stress and anxiety is that anxiety usually doesn't need um, a stimulus, if you will. It doesn't need a thing. Whereas stress, there's actually a thing that for the most part, that is really triggering that response. The, this belief that I can't handle it. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the resources Mm -hmm. versus anxiety. It can, it can really come some from a place of not needing a trigger. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you put stress and anxiety together, and you've got you know, a yeah. fun little That's playground. A to- <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> other world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Cause like, you know, that's, again, it's just like where I'm at with like learning about stress and these things is like, <clears throat> you know, what is the difference between all of these things? Right. Because um, it's just like very, the waters get really muddy to someone who like me, who doesn't know anything about it. Right. Uh, but that's, that's really cool that you made that difference. How did you start uh, your company? Like, how did you get to this point? Is this something you always wanted to do or um, was it, did it kind of fall in your lap or walk us through that journey? Mm, yeah. Um, is this something I always wanted to do? Well, not since childhood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not okay. since like, I didn't come out of my mother's womb and like, yes, I want to <laughs> own this dress yeah. less company. Yeah. Um, there were, there are many things on my winding journey. Um, did this fall into my lap? I don't, I don't think so. It's something I really had to work for. Um, but the reason that, that I ended up creating the stress less company does actually go back quite a bit into my history back to when I was about 12 years old. And this is a can of worms. And I guess I should give a bit of a trigger warning. Um, cause I'm about to share a little bit of context in terms of my trauma. Um, but when I was about 12 years old, a man was actually murdered in my home and my mom was shot three times. And, um, luckily by a a miracle basically happened and my mom ended up surviving. Um, but I ended up struggling for a really long time, you know, struggled definitely with the symptoms of PTSD, stress, night terrors, jumpiness, anxiety, um, you name it. I was probably struggling with it. And for the first couple years of after that devastating loss and that trauma, Um, I really kind of was of the mind that I would be the straw that broke the camel's back. So I didn't really share much. I didn't express what was going on to to many people in my life. I just kind of, you know, honor student in high school, doing my thing, staying in place, staying in line, being the good person. (laughs) Um, And it came to a breaking point when I just, my night terrors had gotten out of control. They were uh, just... I remember waking up one night specifically and uh, just just shook and picking up the phone and calling my boyfriend at the time and, and saying like, I need you here and I need you here now. And the knight in shining armor that he was, he got into his little sports car and he sped down the road and he you know, came to, to save me from myself and he opened the door and he found me and I was, I was crying in the stairwell. And I remember saying to him, this was like the breaking point for me. I was like, if this is what sleep is, I never want to sleep again. And I mean, if we know anything about basic human 
physiology, like that's basically a death wish. Yeah. And so that really became a turning point for me where I started to open up and ask people for advice. And I would say things like, Hey, I'm feeling a little stressed or I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm kind of struggling right now. And I would ask people for advice and it was like clockwork. I got the same five or so responses every single time. You know, oh, hey, Carly, have you tried therapy? Have you tried yoga, meditation, changing your diet? Like, when's the last time you hit the gym? Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, okay, do you think I've been living <laughs> under a rock for the last like 20 years? You're right. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, oh, you know, geez. my response is like, of course, of course yeah. I've tried those things. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a doozy, but, you know, I, the reality is, is that stuff, you know, some of that stuff helped, but none, none of it got me over that hump where I was experiencing that beautiful state of mind I knew was possible. And so, you know, it was, luckily I was a pretty resilient person, still am. And I wasn't willing to accept low grade misery as Mm -hmm. as my day-to-day life. And so I took me more than 10 years, but I finally figured out what worked for me. Um, And when I did, it was two kind of conflicting emotions, right? One was like deep relief. And the other was, oh, just fury, just straight up fury. Yeah. Why isn't anybody talking about this? The fact that there is no one size fits all when it comes to stress management, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to all this. And so I threw a temper tantrum for a little bit. (laughs) Not going to lie. Okay. All right. Um, and then it hit me basically like a ton of bricks, you know, I was supposed to be the one that was talking about it. And so yeah. the stress less company was born. Oh, wow. Well, that's a beautiful story. And thanks for sharing it because it just goes to show like, you know, we're all, we all like, and I don't mean to like downplay anything, but cause I've felt this way in my life where you just, you're on the outside, you look good, right? Like everything's fine. You're functioning. Right. And then, you know, but on the inside, it's not, it's not like that. Right. And, and I feel like that story resonates with a lot of people because I'm sure we're not the only ones like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so then you, you create the stress less company, you start to develop these methods to like handle it. So what was it like for you coming up with the stress less method? What was it like for you, uh, you know, testing that out or like, what was your journey and like actually putting everything together? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to, to be real. When I first started my company, I had no idea what I was doing in terms of business. <laughs> I tell you that much. <laughs> sure, um, sure. And I <laughs> sure. was just, you know, throwing stuff at the wall. I, what I knew had known had worked for me and, and just exploring. Um, and then I realized that as part of this exploration, clients were getting results, but there was a bit of this, there was a bit of a pattern arising and I, I started to reflect and see, okay, whoa, whoa, the pattern applies to me, but it also applies to hundreds of other people in working through these different tools and, and processes. So I ended up developing the stress less method basically as like a, like a guide rail, if you will, to it's, it's not like meditate and all your problems will go away. Right. It's not about the modality or the, the, the tactics of it, but it's more about, you know, laying the groundwork, the foundation, um, working through these five steps 
to figure out uniquely what you need, what your nervous system needs, what your mind needs, what your body needs, mm. what you, what action you need to take to create a different relationship with stress mm. and loss moving forward. So what, um, I mean, I, I would imagine that as you work with, you know, people in, in this situation, that there's some resistance there, right? Like, um, what, what goes into like, you know, because this is something I would imagine also that like, not a lot of people are aware of. So what, I guess my first question is like, how do you approach like teaching people about this and like kind of helping them like expand their mind into being able to accept some of the things that, that I'm sure you walk them through? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I think the first, the first piece is just awareness. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, like not knowing exactly, like we all kind of have a conceptual understanding of stress, but not knowing exactly what it is and how it impacts us. Um, I mean, we, especially in the, in the United States, we have this culture where we've been brought up to like, oh, you have emotions. We don't have time for that. Like pick yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Like, let's go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> of course. And so that's really like impacts us all on such a deep way that oftentimes we can be in a place of denial and maybe it's not even denial, but just like straight up disconnection. We mm -hmm. aren't even aware that we're stressed. And I have to tell you, there's so many clients that have come in by pure faith. And after <laughs> just working the first step of the stress less method, they're like, Oh my God, like I had no idea how stressed I was. Like I, yeah. the relief, like the <laughs> relief. Um, oh my goodness. So I think it starts with the awareness piece of like, okay, here's what stress is. If you feel like first and foremost, if you feel like there's something that you can't handle, you don't have the resources to overcome. You don't know the right people. You don't have the money. You don't have whatever it is. That's an indicator that right now you're experiencing stress. That's mm -hmm. first and foremost. Um, and if we don't have, like, we can't make that brain connection, if you will, that thought connection, then mm -hmm. we go into, okay, well, what are your symptoms? What are your, let's start with like physical symptoms. Are we having digest, digestive issues? Um, women are, and, and even men, like what's going on with your reproductive system? Um, are we, are our hearts racing? Are we getting sweaty? Um, are we getting migraines for no reason? We can't, we have injuries that we can't pinpoint where the pain is coming from. And the doctors keep telling us we're okay, but like, obviously the pain is there. <laughs> right. Um, right. So we have all these like weird, mysterious illnesses and injuries kind of coming up. That yeah. can be an indicator that our body is fighting off stress, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then on the mental side, on the emotional side, are we snapping uh, like is irritability coming up? Or are we snapping over something silly? You know, the dishwasher wasn't loaded correctly and now it's the end of the world. <laughs> like, right, or, right. Or are we losing motivation? And are we hitting that snooze button one too many times in the morning because we just don't want to face the day, right? And so when we start to look at, oh my goodness, here are all these symptoms, physical and mental. Yeah. Then we start to question, wait a second, let's backtrack here. Is this actually stress that mm. could be, that could be creating this ripple effect. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, um, that, that's a great point because this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Othership. Othership is a meditation and breathwork app that I've been using forever. 
to cool down, to calm down, to energize, to start my day, to end my day, and everything in between. They have bite-sized exercises that are accompanied with music to help you and your breath go along with the beat so that it makes meditation and breath work fun and easy. They have minute-long sessions or hour-long sessions, so you can go for as little or as long as you like to fit with your schedule. Breathwork, it has changed my life. Othership has changed my life. You guys won't regret this. Robbie Bent was on my podcast before. He's an amazing human being. He's got an amazing team. Go check out this app. The link to everything are in the description below. And I promise it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I want to talk to you about another sponsor of the podcast, Norm Wilkinson, the happy health insurance guy. If you're like me, if you're a 1099 employee, an entrepreneur, it can be really, really difficult to find health insurance. And on top of all of that, who wants to spend their time looking for it? We don't know what it means. We don't know what coverage we need, or we do know what coverage we need, and we don't want to go looking and searching for it. Norm Wilkinson solves all of those problems. He's the happy health insurance guy. He'll get you a free consultation and a quote to get the right plan for your situation to protect you, your family, and ultimately your business. Go check out his website, thehappyhealthinsuranceguy.com. Links in the description below. And thank you so much for listening. It'll be the best decision you ever made. Just being able to pinpoint it is like, you know, just a, something that you'd never think would help, right? Like, because for me, and in my experiences with like certain things in my life, it's like, yeah, you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so, um, mm -hmm. just kind of starting to face it. Like my, my wife went through some health stuff and, you know, we went to a health coach, uh, you know, a nutrition coach, because that's something that, uh, somebody had told us like to start with, and we were like, well, we can always get better at our diet. But what was crazy was we didn't know that she had all of these allergies and that actually her diet was a big part of it. Right. Like, all of these, uh, maybe not allergies, but like intolerances, you know, she's like, I didn't know that all of that. And, and you know, it's like wild how, how, uh, you almost don't know what you don't know. And, and, um, like how, how quickly it can impact you. If you have someone like yourself, like a trained professional, like <laughs> coming up to it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And related to that, like just a, a little antidotal, like a comparison, I had my own similar story with, with nutrition, right. Where uh -huh. for years I had all these issues and I finally work with, with someone cause my doctor is not helping <laughs> and I'm on my, like, la I'm just like last straw. Like we got, something's got to give and yeah. like here to find out I've been lactose intolerant and you might be like, Carly, how the heck do you not know yeah, you're but, lactose yeah. intolerant? No, it just becomes like the same thing goes with the body and what, what food we put in the same with mm -hmm. stress, right? It comes to a point. It's like that lobster and <clears throat> in boiling water, right? We slowly <laughs> turn up the heat, slowly turn up the heat, slowly turn up the heat. We don't even realize that yeah. we're actually in a state of deep suffering. Yeah. Because of, yeah. Normal. Yeah. And that's a great, the, you know, the, the food analogy is a great analogy because yeah, you just don't know. You're like, my, one of the things my wife said was like, oh, I didn't know that this is what like normal people felt like after they drank, after they, you know, drank milk or something, right? Like we don't keep cow's milk in our house anymore. Um, and you know, it's funny. So it's like, you're like, I didn't know people felt like this after they eat. <laughs> you're like, yeah, actually, you know, it's why it's crazy. Plus, you know, I'm, I'm Polynesian. So like our, our diet is always, you know, just like our diet's crazy, right? Like, uh, meat, eggs, spam, rice, right? All that stuff. 
And uh, so switching, having to like switch up my eating style too, I did the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> People like, I you remember, know. I remember the first time I slept with a CPAP machine, I have sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. And I woke up the next day and I was, I had the biggest pep in my step. And I was like, <laughs> this is what feeling rested feels like. Yeah. What? It literally blew my mind. I was just thought my whole life, I was not a morning person. And I was like, oh, I'm just literally not getting enough oxygen to my brain. This when, yeah. Right? Yeah. Holy cow. But the same thing goes in terms of stressors, in terms of, um, the, the emotional stressors, the outside stressors, like we can't, we don't realize Mm -hmm. like how much that is impacting us. And then we shift it and we make a tweak or we make a small change, or maybe we make a big change. And then all of a sudden it's like, what people (laughs) feel like this, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah, How, how have I not known? And it's just the lobster and the boiling water analogy. Yeah. It's just like normal. Yeah. You just don't know what you don't know. That's crazy. So how did you start learning about stress? What were some of the things you did to like educate yourself in this space to help other people? Do we have like 10 years? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I always say like, really my background really comes, it's a PhD in life experience. Um, Mm -hmm. My experience with stress really started from age 12 and, and continues to this day. Um, so there was a lot of, of my journey where I started in your more traditional, mm-hmm. um, venues, right. So, or, or avenues, so meditation, um, uh, changing your diet, going to the gym, <laughs> therapy, religion, I mean, you name it, um, tried it. Yeah. So, tried it. And so <laughs> that was like the first part of my journey. And then there was a self-help you know, phase where it was just like all the books I could possibly read. Um, and then there was my, you know, stress management certification, you know? And so it was, my work is really a culmination of life experience and and education in terms of like, just being like, let all hands on deck, let's figure out this mystery that, that is the human condition. And, oh, yeah. Um, so, so what have you seen, what have you seen to be like, what are some of the more common, um, like causes of stress? Ooh, well, I mean, we could go off the stats here. I think the last time I checked in on the stats was 2019, right before the pandemic hit, but, uh, for men, number one stressor is money. No, for men, number one stressor is job pressure. Number two stressor is money. Um, and then I'm going to lose order here. And then it's, uh, relationships, health and health, um, health and injury kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, for women, it's almost, ex- almost the same, except for money is number one and job pressure is number two. And so the, these are the job pressure, that, like, Oh, like, um, okay. Job pressure, like oh. career, like yeah, business, yeah, yeah. Okay. you know, whatever's okay. coming along with, with how we're making a living. Mm. Interesting. So it's, so really it's like those, right? Like, so you're saying like health, money, job pressure, uh, pretty universal for like oh relationships, pretty universal. Right. Well, that's like our whole life, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just like everything we're walking. (laughs) Yeah. We're walking stress balls. Like pretty much every part of your life is going to cause you stress. Um, (laughs) that's crazy. So 
all right, you pinpoint that you're like, these are the main stressors. These are what you do. So what's the, you know, what's the first step of like managing stress? And by the way, I guess, okay, I'm going to table that question for now, because one of the things I've always thought it was interesting to debate um, is this idea I've heard people say like good stress and bad stress, right? So whenever, you know, whenever I hear bad stress, I I don't think that stress is the word, right? My, my word that I would use is like urgency, right? Like, we all need like a sense of urgency in life. Like, Hey, you, right. Like I could die tomorrow. So like, how is that going to affect how I handle this situation right now? Like probably not going to be a douche, right? Like I'm probably going to be a dicer, right? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Depends on the person. They're like, I'm going to sure, die tomorrow. Sure, sure, sure. Let me be a douche. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And that's, but yeah. that's like, you know what I mean? But that's like, that wouldn't be stress to me. That'd be like urgency. Like I'm building a new company right now in my life. And it's like, yeah. I'm not stressed about it, but I, I, there is, like urgency like I can't sit around and do nothing all day (laughs) yeah you know I think the difference between bad stress and good stress and there's actually the way you define them is distress versus you stress okay yeah I think I think when you when you go like uh when you talk about oh yeah distress and you stress is like is that, is it, you know, in my mind is like, is that what you're putting on, on yourself or <laughs> like, yeah, are you well, unnecessarily you stress, putting stress on yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, youth stress actually stems from the word euphoria, right? So like euphoric mm-hmm. stress, good stress. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. Um, euphoria. That's a, that's a wild one, right? Like good stress, bad stress. What do you, I don't <laughs> good stress. Well, I love that you brought it forward because most people are like stress bad, you know, like, yeah, stress, yeah, right. There's so many negative connotations, but right there, you stress really is associated with things that we consider good, right? Like having a kid or getting married or graduating, or I don't know, it depends on who you are getting divorced. Like, sure, you know, sure, sure, sure. Those things. Um, oh, I see are, what you're saying. Right. They're they're, okay. Yeah. They're okay. incredibly stressful, okay. but we view them as good. Yeah. But okay. the thing is the only difference and then distress, we view it as bad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah, so okay. the only difference between those two things is our perception of it. And so the, the formula mm-hmm. that I really love to share, just to simplify it is that stress equals the thing plus the perception of the thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Right. So if, if we view it as good, we may not activate the nervous system in that way. If we view it as bad, then we, then all those crazy symptoms that we were talking about earlier, they're bound to come our mm-hmm. way, especially if we stay in, in fight, flight, freeze, or faint longer than we're physically meant to stay, mm-hmm. you know, longer yeah. than 24 to 48 hours. Well, that's interesting that you bring up perception, right? Because my favorite, um, you know, like little background about me, like I love, uh, I love religion but I love philosophy a little more and right then there's a difference between the two, but the philosophy that I love that I resonate with the most is kind of making a comeback, but I found it before it was cool. So that's my claim to fame uh, is stoicism. Right. And I'm, I'm sure you're familiar, but, uh, but it's like, yeah, the, the whole idea of one of the main tenets of stoicism is like changing how you perceive things. Yeah. Like, and so that's interesting. So if you're, so if we're in a stressful situation, right. And we're like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm married, but like, let's say, you know, we're a few years down the road and my daughter's getting married, my son's getting married or whatever. Right. Like that could be stressful, but you're saying like, 
we're, we perceive that as good. So we don't, we don't suffer the same symptoms or like we don't experience the same symptoms or. Yeah. We still activate. There's a part of the body that's still activated. Um, but we, the, a lot of the negative symptoms that we would experience if it, if we were to view it as bad, don't occur. There's Mm, a really beautiful Ted talk. Oh, I wish I remembered her, the woman's name. She talks about the difference between good stress and bad stress. And she Mm. shares how like one of her biggest regrets in her entire career is how she would always tell her clients that their stress was a bad thing because simply shifting from a perspective of this is bad to this is here to serve me or I'm it's here to let me grow or whatever. Interesting. So to learn something, it actually prevents like some of the serious, more serious symptoms like cardiovascular disease, heart attack, strokes, things like that. Mm. Perception is incredibly powerful in activating or deactivating parts of the nervous system and parts of the body. That's interesting because that makes a lot of sense, right? Like one of the big stories and like modern stoicism would be like, I think it was, who was it? Like Thomas Edison or someone like that ran outside and found like their whole house burning down. And like, as he was watching the flames, the story goes like, he just called his whole family outside and like, Hey, look, look at this crazy thing that's happening. And they're all like, all right, what are you talking about? Oh no, it wasn't their house. I think it was like his workstation. Like all of his like work, life's work was up in flames. And he's like, look how beautiful this fire is. (laughs) And then they're like, why aren't you freaking out? And he goes, he goes, well, (laughs) yeah. And he goes, well, I'll I'll be back at it tomorrow kind of thing. Like uh, just his view of it. And okay. So let me preface that with like, or let me backtrack and say like, that's an extreme (laughs) situation. Uh, And he was like a different kind of human being, but the idea, but, but that kind of painted the, that came to my mind when you're talking about these things. And so how do you kind of coach people through, changing their perception, because I know for a fact that that's not easy, right? Like that is probably one of the most difficult things for you. Yeah. It's such an interesting question. Um, and you're going to have to ask it again, but because I'm going to forget it, but I want to give context (laughs) before I answer it. Um, so the first thing that I, I do with clients, the very first step of the stress less method is to manage your energy. And that's just a woo woo Mm. say a way of saying manage your nervous system. Sure. And one of the ways that I teach my clients to do that is I, I teach them how to this four-step process on how to become emotionally sober. Hmm. And what that means is I teach them how to be present with their emotions and not try to fix it, not try to change it, not try to sweep them, numb it, avoid it, whatever. And I always, I'm always a little careful when I'm like, be present with your emotions because we've all heard it. And most of us want to roll our eyes, like the whole way around earth when, when someone says it, (laughs) right. But right. There is incredible power in simple awareness. Yeah. So one of the first things that we do is we have simple awareness of the emotions, because again, like I said earlier, we are, many of us are raised in cultures where we don't have time for emotions. We're told to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. And so we aren't practiced and actually mm-hmm. listening to the thoughts and the feelings mm-hmm. and the bodily sensations that are coming up from moment to moment to moment. And so mm-hmm. the first thing that I do is I untrain, uh, or we, we together kind of work to untrain the instinct to fix immediately, because mm-hmm. what happens is so many of us have been taught to jump right into fixing, but it's, it's like a leaky boat with a, with a hole in it right? Like we're, when we don't take a second to actually evaluate the situation, to see it, to be present with it, 
then we're putting mm -hmm. a band-aid on a boat leak and band-aids got adhesive and now it's got water <laughs> on it now it's not sticking and now we're right, right we're creating solutions uh, and fixes to a problem that aren't even relevant because we didn't sure. take the time to prepare yeah i've heard mike posner say once uh i think he was on a podcast with tim, tom billu but he was like he said that he had this experience and and he heard a quote that said uh how many of man's problems arise out of not being able to sit in a room alone with themselves and when i heard that i i thought that that changed my life because it just goes back to what you're saying like what if you what if you didn't react right away what if you just let it happen and di and just didn't you know let it be there like don't try to get rid of anger don't try to get rid of sadness but like let it just be there because i heard an interesting statistic once and uh i don't have time to google this so i could be off but it's like emotion like the length of time that an emotion stays with you is not that long no it's only like a minute or two but we think it's like you know ages like or something. yeah <laughs> yeah but like and it might come and go like for me like if i'm angry it might it might it might come and then go and then come back right but like the length of time it each is there is not that long and so yeah you can do a lot with just like waiting and seeing what happens yeah yeah it's one of the things that i i love to to mention i love that you brought that forward because um as part of being emotionally sober we're also untraining uh what we've learned growing up yeah, yeah. you know as kids we come out as, especially as infants as babies like there is no judgment about emotions so we like the baby is like pissed off because it's it's hungry and then the <laughs> next minute it's like cooing because it saw something cool yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like the next minute it's it's giggling because somebody made a funny face like and then the, <laughs> then like two seconds later it's furious again right and <laughs> as adults there's some pattern that we like we've learned where it's like well i was angry a minute ago so i have to be angry now yeah yeah, so yeah yeah it's we've latched on to the emotion and we hold on to the emotion and we hold on to that dis-ease the disease and that's kind of also what creates a lot of yeah. anger a lot of these symptoms is not being able to be present let it be let it move through us and then be prepared to be like well i know i was pissed off like 30 seconds ago but like <laughs> that puppy is so damn cute you know? <laughs> like and just yeah and just like yeah and just letting it go well and i think like another thing that's important with like being emotionally sober is like you can just take time to like see things for what they really are like yeah. you know because we do have like you know, snap reactions to things. And, uh, and sometimes it's like, Hey, you know what? I was mad about that, but it, it's actually not that big of a deal. Like my wife and I learned, and we're still learning like with our kids, like something, sometimes they do something that makes us so mad. And I was like, I've got to stop getting mad about some of this stuff. And so I was like doing an evaluation and I was like, maybe some of the stuff doesn't even need to be put on the radar. Like I was carrying some biases, like from my you know, childhood and, and everything. And like, maybe they're just kids and we just need to like, we're getting mad. Like we're, you know, like I was, I would always get mad at my kids because they're not listening. Like I'm not, they're not listening. I'm not doing what I'm telling them to do. And then I was like, what if I'm telling them to do something that's stupid? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm getting mad for something that they're not doing that they really doesn't need to be done or like, or you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. And where that, that kid, that child is actually applying critical thinking and being like, dad, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. And 
And yeah. actually, this is such a, I love that you brought this forward too, because then like, we're also, in, if we create this awareness within ourselves, then we also are creating a, a, and rewarding the awareness within our children. And so we're mm. actually preventing this pattern from perpetuating from generation to generation. This yeah. pick yourself up by the boot, bootstraps. You have to ignore your emotions and just do what you're told um, or do what sure. you should do or whatever it is. Right, right, so, right, right, right. The power yeah, of awareness. Yeah, it really is. And and it's kind of one of those things that's like that's a pretty hard pill to swallow, especially as a as a dad, you know, you just like you try to like lay down the law. But then, you know, I just realized like, you know, you just have kid like kids are their own human beings. Like I didn't understand when people said like, you know, I didn't understand fully what people said when they were like, Oh, my kid is so different. Like they're not like me at all. I don't know where you came from. Right. And I was like, that's yeah. weird. Right. They're just exaggerating until I had my daughter and uh, she, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, you who know. are you? <laughs> yeah. I go, I don't know what, don't I don't know what to genes. do. Man. <laughs> right. 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 She's like an artist and she's really pretty. And you know, she's like, I'm like, I am none of that. So <laughs> you got it from your mom or you are just an anomaly, but you no, know, it's a beautiful thing. Like it's great. You know? And I, you know, we try to do that, you know, um, with her and my son, but it's just funny because yeah, I just had to have that, have the, had to have those conversations, tough conversations with myself. Right. And then yeah. be emotionally sober because I, you know, was, I had to forgive myself. Like, Hey, it's okay to actually be wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's so, and it's so difficult because we're trained. Like there's so many, so much yeah. of the work that I'm doing with my clients um, and, and the work that I do in terms of education, like on this, yeah. on, on your show, right. Is, is unwiring these stories that we've been handed yeah. down and we've never questioned, right? Like the yeah. story that we have to be right because it's it's not safe to be wrong. Yeah, especially as a parent, like, hey, you know what? I might be wrong, but you're gonna do it anyway. It's like, no, how about we just like treat our kids like actual human beings and just say, hey, dad, yeah, and I do that with my, hey, dad was wrong this time, you know? Uh, you know, and, and do, does that come with the risk of, dad, you were wrong last time. What if you're wrong this time? <laughs> you know, it yeah. that's happened, but it's also like, yeah, well, we don't have enough info to know if I'm right or wrong. So why don't we keep doing it? And then if I'm wrong, I'll change my mind. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I think yeah. that's just, people are like, just like this ego thing. And I don't know, like there's a, there's a, there's a right way as a parent to be, to be able to tell your kids like, Hey, that was dumb. I'm dad messed up my bad guys. Well, there are many <laughs> right ways more than yeah. one. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And yeah. it's just well, like, I'm, oh, I was right. gonna say, yeah, it's it's so interesting. There's so much self judgment, and I think that remind like it reminds me. I'm so proud of myself. I remembered your your question. Oh, how do <laughs> good. We shift perception. Yeah. Um, which is so if we get through step one, which is to manage your energy, manage the nervous system. There's two parts. There's the emotional sobriety, and then there's some physical uh, stuff that I work on with them because that creates mm -hmm. anxiety. Um, and we want to address that before we go further. The second step that we do is to identify your blocks. And so um, I think you made a comment earlier where you said like, you know, okay, we, we identify the stressor and then we know what we got to do. It's not necessarily the case. So step two is really to say, okay, let's create an inventory. What is everything mm -hmm. that's got you out of a way and uh, further away from the beautiful state of mind that you want to be in. What's got you pissed off? What's got you angry? What's got you stressed? What's got you overwhelmed? What's got you sad? What's got you despondent? Whatever. And we look at all of these stressors and we go through this process to identify 
um, what the actual block is. What are the ways in which we've created more suffering for ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what sometimes what comes up as part of that is that there needs to be a shift in perception. Um, You know, so like an easy example would be, you know, okay, I got into this huge fight with my mother-in-law on a cruise uh, because (laughs) she didn't like my bathing suit and she was being critical or whatever it is. And we go down to the, to the actual block and the actual block is the story perhaps that we're telling ourselves that we're unworthy, that our body is unlovable, that our body is less than. And Mm. so then we, we have a lifetime of walking that. If we imagine that our brain is, is a forest Mm -hmm. and we've walked that path, we've, we've pressed that path in, we've grounded in, we've cleared Mm -hmm. that path year, day after day, moment after moment. And so that's Mm -hmm. ingrained, we're unworthy, our body's unlovable, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then we have this really beautiful opportunity, difficult, (laughs) difficult, beautiful opportunity to say, well, hold on. You mean this, 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 and this, and this is all caused by this perception. (laughs) (laughs) And if I just just shift this perception then all of these stressors will go away mm-hmm, or I'll be able to mm-hmm. handle them at least with more grace. Mm-hmm. And so then we have the practice of saying, okay, well, what, what is, what do we want to replace that with? And okay. If the, if the mind is a forest, then let's start, you know, trimming the hedges, trimming the trees, mm-hmm. beating down the path and practicing walking that path over and over and over again. Consistency is, is absolutely key here. So that mm-hmm. eventually that new perception overrides the old programming. Yeah. Well, you know what? That makes sense. So I, yeah, I appreciate that because that, yeah, because that, that makes way more sense. And, and you, when you said something like the suffer, you know, we're the, the suffering that we're enduring is usually like, I mean, in my life, it's been like, you know, 99% of the time it was me. Right. But I think what's funny is like, even when it's not me, right. Because I love, accountability right um but even if it's like not your fault right like you know it's very i think the worst thing and i've coined this phrase and i and i've done maybe i stole it from somebody or maybe i like research it. i don't know but it's like um it, excuses are are the worst because they're true right like mm-hmm. your your mom like you know in the in the example that you gave right your mother-in-law should not have said that like that was inappropriate yeah. for her and that you're 100% right. Right. You know what I mean? But like, now that you're hundred percent, right. What are you going to do? About like, you can't control other people, right? We can educate people. Right. Yeah. But I think it's easier to educate people. And I think it's easier to have those tough conversations and have them actually like move f- people forward when you're okay with like, you know, I, well, I know my body's not, you know, I have a correct image of myself. I have a proper image of myself. And yeah. so now I can have a peaceful conversation with her instead of like, yeah. but, but you know what? Like, but the hard part about that is, is like, you're right. You're justified in all of the excuses. She shouldn't have said that. It's all the ignorance. It's mm-hmm. generational trauma, right? Perpetuated through this statement. But it's like, so are we yeah. going to keep going with it? Or? <laughs> well, this is the beauty of, of the process of the stress less method, because we start mm-hmm. with emotional sobriety. So we start with acknowledging, we'll go, we'll use that uh, fictitious mother, mother-in-law sure, example, sure. right? Yeah, Which it's is a great like, one. <laughs> Right. Uh, she, so my, let's say my thoughts about her comment are, you know, that jerk. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, that jerk, like, who does she think she is? Like, look at her body. Right. And then there's all those judgments. 
And so then right. we go through the emotional sobriety process and we, part of this is really using the powerful work of um, Harville Hendricks and Helen McKelly Hunt, one of the, the world's most renowned relationships ex experts. And we apply some of what they teach to ourselves, which is that we mirror those thoughts. You say, oh, so what I'm hearing you say, you can do this all in your head. Well, okay, so yep, what I'm yep, hearing yep. you say is, who does she think she is? And <laughs> you know, that jerk and blah, 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 right? Then we validate and we say, well, that makes sense. It makes sense that you are all worked up right now and you have those thoughts because it's not right that she said that. So kind of what you were getting at there. Right, right, right. And then we empathize with ourselves. And so that emotional, there's a little bit more there, but that emotional sobriety process starts us with the acknowledgement of like, okay, my, what I'm feeling is valid, but then yeah. we go into step step two and then step four of the stressless method where we actually remove yeah. the blocks. And that's yeah. when we go, okay, well, what's my side of the street? Because <laughs> right, there's plenty right, right. on our side of the street, plenty of stuff that we're carrying. Yeah. That prevented that situation from escalating. Yeah. And escalating like within us, right? Yep. Like making, yeah. Well, and and you, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Because there's that, yeah, I love that you keep bringing up the story that we tell ourselves. One of my favorite, like, it's like a Buddhist Zen story, but it's the story of the arrow, like the, you know, get guy who, the guy who gets shot with an arrow and, um, you know, he gets shot with an arrow and, and uh, he ends up like getting hurt and he's on the ground and his family is trying to like save him. And like, they're like, you need to go to a doctor, right? And he's like, not until so someone tells me why I got shot with an arrow or who shot me with an arrow. Yeah right yeah. and they's like no but like listen like yes we'll get you but like you need to go we need to save you for, and he won't do it until he finds out why and who and then he ends up dying right it's kind of like the story of like does it really matter right now or can we like fix ourselves so that then we can address it and then we can set appropriate boundaries we can yeah. you know we can find out what happened we can avoid it we can talk about it we can prevent it from happening again yeah. whether that's doing all the things but like eventually like but at first you gotta like <laughs> yeah well it's interesting like that story and i and i've never applied it to to the the method so this is really interesting like that guy yeah. when he got shot if he had taken 30 seconds just in his mind or even to his family and been like oh this is awful like i was shot i don't know who did it but like that jerk and like yeah. went through the process and validated like mirrored himself and validated and empathized then he could yeah. be like oh all right Okay, get yeah. this arrow out of me. Like, then we'll get yeah, to the deep work, yeah. which is like, how do we prevent getting shot with an arrow next time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And it's like this, but it's like the story that we tell ourselves, right? Like, you can either tell yourself the truth, which is like, I got shot with an arrow and I need to get this figured out, right? Yeah, like the truth, like validate, you know, oh, like mirror validate and empathize, right? And then, and then start working on it. Or you can tell your, or you can tell yourself all the stories that, about why you think you got shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's well, worse for you than actually getting like, suffer. so the, the, the moral of that story, like the end of that story is like, there's a difference between pain and suffering. Pain is yeah. getting shot with an arrow and suffering is the story that you tell yourself about why you got shot with the arrow. Yeah. Oh, I see the connection. Yeah. 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 I really love that. Cause I, I, you know, people often will ask me, you know, oh, Carly, are you, are you going to eradicate my stress? And I'm like, no, <laughs> nobody can do that. Yeah. No, like, and if I was selling that. you that, you should like send me to jail <laughs> or like, I don't know what you should do, but like, no, yeah, there's yeah, a reason yeah. my company is called the stress less company because we can't right. avoid the pain, but there's so much of the suffering that we can. Avoid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then like, you know, I love that story too, because then it brings up, then it opens up a beautiful conversation about how you set boundaries. Like 
maybe that person was actually trying to maliciously hurt you with an arrow. Well, that's great. Like that means that we, now we know with their yeah. true colors and we don't have to hang around them. We don't have to, you know what I mean? We don't have to like, um, indulge that anymore, or it could have been an accident, right? It could have been like, but now we know how to set boundaries, right? We, yeah. you know maybe we talk to somebody like a turkey <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the woods you know like yeah and like talk or like talk to the person you know make a range yeah. we're like we you know what i mean but like that's the beautiful part of the story is like and that's why where i when i learned like that this whole idea of like excuses are real like yes yeah. all of that should have yes there should have been lines there you shouldn't have done that yeah blah 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 totally but we have to figure out how do we not like continue to suffer from this yeah. and then yeah. start to work on it because yeah. Because yeah, just like, and then the stress, right? The, and then it's a different kind of stress. Like, I guess, I guess I see what you're saying now with like the, the you stress. Well, this which is, is like, what's interesting too. I just want to connect to the story because mm-hmm, it's such mm-hmm. a great um, story is that, um, you know, his solution before he became emotionally sober, probably because he was never taught that in this story, right? <laughs> he, sure. his, he jumped right into fixing it and mm. his solution of fixing it is to find out who did it and why they did it. Mm -hmm. And so this is the prime example of having a a hole in a boat and it's leaking water and you're putting a (laughs) bandaid on it, but like, it's not the right solution. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Don't take a minute to connect in and be like, what's really happening? What's, what's reality right now? Right. And then, and then, you know, and it's just wild how, how like, you know, so many people um, just want to tell themselves the story, like, I did for a long time, you know, like, um, to tell yourself a story. That's just like the story that, you know, maybe not that you made up, but like the one that you're definitely perpetuating the one that like, doesn't really, you know, it's like, and I don't know. And that's when you get into like, okay. And this is also why I love the philosophical part to the, the, this Buddha Zen story is because then it's like, you know, because we all are like, truth is the end all be all right. And you're like, and then this story kind of points out that like, maybe it's not right. Because maybe the truth is, is that he actually wanted to kill you. <laughs> like yeah. that. And that's the truth, right? Yeah. Okay. But here's the problem with that. Now we're going to tell ourselves all the stories about why he thought we needed to die and, and all these things. So does the truth like matter in that case? Well, and, and we could shift that. This is where we could get really <laughs> philosophical, right? And be like, Heck yeah, all right. self-truth, right? Like sure. then we flip the script and then we're back at a, at emotional sobriety and, and managing our nervous system. And yeah, I love, this is what I love about philosophy is you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can go every, and there's no right or wrong answer. That's also yeah. why I have a problem with philosophy. Cause I have, <laughs> cause my bachelor, my undergrad and my grad, my graduate degrees are in finance and accounting. And there are wrong you are either right or you're wrong wrong, yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're like two plus two is not five it's four and it's because that's how life works right (laughs) like you know i would love to explore that like philosophy meets finance what yeah 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 i mean it's i definitely have had to like I've had lots of problems and then you know and then my philosophy comes out in like my MBA papers or something like that they're like no that's not right and I'm like okay you're right though <laughs> like who decided I feel like my inner yeah. philosophy child would be like who decided two is two and yeah, four yeah, yeah. is four oh. and five is five, right and then we're just yeah yeah so one hole. of my favorite yeah so like I'm an like I'm an accountant okay I take that back my bachelor's is in accounting my my MBA is in finance And uh, what's funny is like the first joke you hear in as an accountant is like, so somebody, you know, there's a boy who asks 
um, an accountant, an engineer, and um, so, oh my gosh, oh, a a mathematician, an engineer, and an accountant, all the same question. The question is two plus two, what is two plus two, right? And so they ask the mathematician, he says four. The engineer, you know, is asked what's two plus two. The engineer says two of what plus two of what, right? And, uh, and then you ask the accountant, what's two plus two? And the accountant says, what do you want it to be? Right? <laughs> so, so it's like this satire on like, you know, like a tax account, right? Like how much do yeah. I owe? Well, how much do you want to owe? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, and then yeah. the engineers, right? Because yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually said that to engineers and it's funny because they're like, oh yeah, that's true. Because like, you know, it's, it might not, you know, there's so many other things you need to ask in that yeah. question but it was just funny yeah it's just funny how like yeah you know you can spin that but you can spin anything <laughs> and that's what's fun I should have been on like a debate team in high school and college because those like those little nuances are fascinating to me yeah and it's like and it's in the details right and it's not like I think I did a debate team once uh and it was only one time and I was debating on whether or not breakfast was good for you or not Ooh. and I won because my, my position in the debate was not that breakfast was bad for you, but the food that you chose to eat was bad for you. So you might as eating no breakfast would be better for you than eating the sugar cereals for breakfast. What did I, I recently (laughs) saw, I recently saw someone speak and he shared that, um, one of the things that he, he was a professor at some point. And one of the things that he did with his students was would ask them what they believed. Uh, like political beliefs, moral beliefs, whatever. And then he would, uh, I'm sure there's more context here, but then he would ask them to write a paper um, on like arguing the opposite of that belief. So before he asked them to do that, he would say, okay, like rate your political beliefs, your moral beliefs, like out of all these things. Okay. What do you believe? Grad it, write a counter argument for that. And then he would later rate their beliefs after they would write this uh, (laughs) counter argument. And it was very interesting to see how they, they believed that nothing changed, but actually having done the research and done that counter counter argument, it actually did shift their perception and their stance yes. on the issue. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, so there was an old video uh, back when like TikTok was brand new and like IG Reels. But anyway, um, oh, and it was uh, during the election, right? And so... And I like, like, I'm very politically, like, you know, like, I don't side with either side. Um, Anyway, that's a different topic. (laughs) So before you guys go reading into what is right, 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 right. So anyway, but he there's this guy he gets on it's in the election and and the caption pops up on the screen and he says, my answer when people ask me why I'm not Republican or Democrat is him and then he like spins around and you see like his whole library. Right. (laughs) And he's like, and that was it, right? He's like, my answer would, you know, when people ask me, it's like, the, the whole point was like, because the more you learn, the more you realize, like, the truth is really in the middle. Like, we are polarizing things that really don't need to be polarized that like, and, and we're, and, you know, back to philosophy. It's just funny that we can go off these tangents on this podcast. That's why I love doing it this way. But like, um, two things can be true at the same time. And that's part of like emotional sobriety, right? Like, yeah. he was wrong. And you do need to fix yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, those they, two things are mutually wrong, not exclusive. And you created more suffering for yourself. And <laughs> they equal yeah, weight here. Yeah. Let them work. Like, this is like yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, dream yeah. would be 
to have, if every one of us could just, just not even learn how to remove the blocks. If right. every one of us could just learn to be emotionally sober, mm-hmm. then every one of us would know who we are in all of our glory, but also who we are with all of our flaws. Yeah. And therefore we would, we would act differently uh, unconsciously mm-hmm. even because we would be aware yeah. rather than just reacting into criticism, blame, ju- right. judgment. We'd be more, yeah. Yeah. We'd be more proactive about our life. Yeah. We'd yeah. be more intentional. No, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. But, but yeah, mutual, like they're not exclusive, right? Like mm-hmm. I can be on the right path and still be learning, right? Like I can be, you know, I can be all of these things and none of these things. Uh, and yeah. yeah, there you go again. <laughs> but that's yeah. why I love, that's why I love the whole conversation because like philosophy does, um, you know, philosophies, the difference between philosophy and religion is philosophy is only true when you live it. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, by the way, like I'm, I'm a very religious person, like, you know, um, but also like, it's funny that you mentioned that professor because that's something that my so I had a big mentor growing up in my, in my you know he was my uncle but he was in you know we were in the same religion together and uh but he made me question everything it was crazy I learned something in in Sunday school and he's like do you actually believe that and I'm, well yeah why wouldn't I and then he'd be like well here's why but he wouldn't make me learn it myself he'd just like break me down <laughs> yeah but it was wonderful it was a wonderful experience like yeah, yeah. now I, I challenge so- yeah so healthy. I, it is, I can share, it is, yeah. you know, like my experience with Sunday school, I grew up very, uh, very Christian and I mm-hmm. went to, to church every Sunday and went to Sunday school, went to all the, all the, <laughs> all the activities that yeah. you could possibly do within the church. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would get myself into trouble because I'd be like, well, what, what about this? And what about, <laughs> like, I would, I would ask these questions. And I remember one right. specific instance where the Sunday school teacher just got so just <laughs> shaking you know <laughs> vein on the forehead angry at me um because i had asked you know like why did what does that mean and why would jesus yeah. say that and like yeah don't question jesus but right right but what? you know it's it's interesting that you bring this forward because mm-hmm. actually the the part of the brain that enables curiosity <clears throat> is the part of the brain where we become curious is actually the healthiest part of the brain to live in. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, no, you're totally right there. And I still do that today where I piss people off in my church. I think it's why <laughs> I was put in my specific religion is to make people mad and question themselves <laughs> because it's like, you can't live life like that. You know what I mean? You can't live like, and, and I, and I go back to things are true. Like, you know, I was just in a recent you know, I didn't think it was an argument, but they might've thought it was an argument, but it was a discussion about something in the Bible. And I was like, cause I was like, you know, most people, so like Job, I'm sure you're familiar with that, right? Like the book of Job. So like most biblical scholars don't believe that that was an actual like person, that it was more of like an allegory and like an actual, like just a story to like teach us about things, you know, that, and we could have creative freedom with the allegory. So like, and okay. And so then I'll say this, right? Like, my actual belief behind all of that is that I don't think it matters. Like it doesn't really matter, but yeah. like I had brought this forward that was like, you know, most people don't actually think that that was real. They actually think because you took, they took all these liberties with it, that they were able to put experiences in, in that story that allow us to like expand our experience and, and relate in a different way. And the Bible was written in Hebrew and that's a very symbolic language. 
it's not like America or the Western you know, part of the world, which is very engineered, right? Like two plus two is four. And if you put too much weight on that, it'll break, yeah. right? Like we're very, it's very Eastern, like very different. And uh, yeah, they were getting pissed off at me. I was like, whoa, hold on. Like two can be well, true, this right? Is, this is like seriously <laughs> the power of of a couple things that specific, like the power, I like can't, like everything we're talking about, I'm like, this is the power of emotional sobriety. This right, is the power right. of like step number two, identify your blocks. <laughs> step number four, remove your blocks because then we're able to engage in, first of all, we're able to be more curious, yeah. but we're able to have these difficult conversations and not get triggered. Um, yeah, not get all fear, like, oh. Yeah, not get all I was just up. like, <laughs> I was like, it's, I was like, create, chill, dude. right. Cause when we're all worked up, we put negativity in the space between us and the other person. And then that other person feels the negativity and then they put their walls up. And then it's just like, we're, we're just yeah. two walls, like waddling yeah, around yeah. trying to like smacking each other. And it's just, right. Like, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I've gotten in those conversations before and now I'm, I'm older. And so I don't really like, I don't get mad because like I said, after I said that the statement that most biblical scholars don't believe that that was actually happened. Like my next statement is like, I don't care if it was or it wasn't like the story's still beautiful. Like it's still a great yeah. little story, you know? And if that's all it is too, that's great. So I learned, I learned magical, like I learned beautiful life principles from fiction books that I read all the time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. And I don't think it can. I, I don't know. And, and by the way, also it could be blown smoke. Also it could have actually happened. And I'm going to eat all my words if, if you know, <laughs> You'll find out later. Get, yeah, exactly. I guess we'll find out. Right. Okay. But anyway, yeah. but like I've yeah. gotten, I've gotten just used to that where it's like, okay, all right. If you're getting this worked up, like, I guess we'd really can't talk about it. So you're right. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I'll, I'll mention, I'm, I'm sure we, we've got to wrap up. I feel like we could sure, talk sure, forever, sure. Sure. but um, is one of the things that I processes that I teach my clients is this thing called safe conversations, the dialogue mm. process. And it actually enables us to connect so that we can communicate. Mm -hmm. um, meaning like we can have differing op opinions. We can have these blocks. We can have these triggers, but we can still communicate and hear each mm -hmm. other. And um, so this is just something that comes up as part of, part of my work with clients because relationships, like not just relationships, but I mean, relationships are everywhere and, and what's going on in life is everywhere. And so who are we, if we can't communicate, even if we right. haven't done the work. Um, so just kind of planting that seed is something that, uh, that there is a way to communicate and there's a yeah. safe way to communicate, especially in congregations <laughs> and in, uh, in philosophical debates. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I think, and, you know, yeah, I mean, last thing, what I've had philosophical debates with actual people who like understand the philosophy and would call themselves like philosophers, like we never argue. It's we always explore. You know what There's I mean? Like much curiosity in the space. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, really? That's interesting. And then we bring a point, and then it's like an actual like. And then you know what? We end up in the conversation like not agreeing, but it's a beautiful, it's still it's still wonderful. So anyway, uh, yes, you've been more than gracious with your time, Carly. I really appreciate you being here. Before you go tell everybody where they can find you, uh, your websites, anything else you want to promote. Of course. Of course. So, um, well, where do I start? Well, first is I'd love to offer a free audio training, a free meditation and audio training. It's something that I taught to an actual training that I taught to my clients. So if you're interested in digging a little bit 
more into this, if you're listening in, um, I'd invite you to download that. You can go to stresslessco.com slash energy, and you'll learn more about why managing your energy, AKA managing your nervous system is so, so, so important. Um, and then the second thing that I would offer is the opportunity to apply for a complimentary discovery call with me. Uh, this is not for everyone. This is for those who know that they want change more than anything. They want to heal their relationship with stress. And so you can go to stresslessco.com slash apply. Um, and should it be a good fit, a member of my team will be in touch within 24 to 48 business hours. Sweet. And then, yeah, otherwise I'm pretty much everywhere <laughs> at the stresslessco. Cool. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Carly. Thanks for being on. Of course. Thank you for having me.